Business Class is brought to you by the Tourism Academy, harnessing the power of science, business psychology, and adult education to advance the tourism industry and build sustainable economies. Learn how to engage your community, win over stakeholders, and get more visitors at tourismacademy.org. My name is Steve Ekstrom, and I'm the host of the new podcast series, Business Class, from the Tourism Academy. After more than 20 years working in the travel and tourism industry, I sold everything to become a full-time tourist. Today, I'm in St. Augustine, Florida, and about to make friends with the world's most dangerous bird, a cassowary. What's a cassowary? It's about six feet tall, bristly feathers related to the emu and the ostrich, capable of 31 miles an hour through the rainforest and jumping seven feet before stabbing you with a dagger-like claws. That's not all. Cassowary is also pretty cool looking. So, without further ado, let me introduce you to my friend, Jen Anderson, at the St. Augustine Alligator Farm Zoological Park. Let's go, let's go. We've got work to do, and you're going to have to keep up. And that's how I met Jen. Long hair tied back, walkie-talkie on her hip, khaki cargo pants and matching polo. Of course, it was embroidered to read St. Augustine Alligator Farm Zoological Park. Made a quick stop, dropped my stuff in her tiny office, speaking only to the fact that her job is not behind a desk, but out there with the animals. We got started with the cassowaries. Large bowls of fruit and veg slid under the inner gates. Before the big bird had a chance to take a bite, Jen, rake in hand, had already made her way around the outer enclosure. Before long, we're back out in public view, and there is Jen leaping over the split rail fence meant to keep people like me and you and probably her at a safe distance. Why? So she could get a closer look at the avian giant. Caution, venomous animals. That's what the sign on the door read. And she insisted I go ahead and go first. Now, I'm not a big fan of snakes, but here I was, nine-foot cobra just a couple feet away from me, four-foot boa, being lifted out for its day on tour. We finally got a break. Jen and I sat down outside near Oprah, the macaw. You're really passionate about your work. You take it home with you? Yeah. And it helps me sleep at night as well. The more I know before going to sleep, it helps me sleep better. And I sleep really well. I have worked at four accredited facilities, so three zoos and one aquarium in my career. And when I got my first internship in a zoo, I didn't know what AZA was. Luckily, the zoo I went to was a, a good zoo and um, without me even knowing it. Um, it doesn't mean I wouldn't have switched that way. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't work at a non-AZA zoo. I just, we just try to uplift wherever we are and the animals under our care receive the best care. And I feel like I can take that to wherever I go. I have these really high standards that have, I don't want to say been ingrained in me, but they have, and I've helped develop those standards as well to make them better. I'm also a zoo inspector, so I do, and I've been doing that for a few years. And I'm, I don't want to say I'm obsessive compulsive, but having kind of those tendencies actually makes for a very good zookeeper. Because <laughs> um, you have attentive, attention to detail, your observational skills should be pretty high. It's, it's a good trait to have. And it kind of meets my needs when I go to other zoos. I learn from them as well, and I could really catch on to what things that they're doing that I could, ideas I could steal for here as well. Okay. Tell me about your best day at work. Ooh. A best day at work would involve the reproduction of a species that 
we either haven't done before or typically we haven't done before or that maybe we've done once but not consistently and we've been able to do it again and we really love success extra successful reproductive events it's very exciting and the usually we know of course that they're coming <laughs> we've been encouraging that but or we have a new species that we've never bred here before that maybe isn't super endangered or anything but you got to figure out what is it that makes those animals tick what's going to make them be really happy to thrive not just survive and quite often successful reproduction is kind of one of the things that is, is a result of it and i love that and happy zookeepers is great too in chocolate, dark chocolate. You know, if you're going to an AZA zoo, that you are going to somewhere that that works with wild animals, and conservation projects, research projects, that those animals have the best nutritional care and medical care that's available to them. Our education programs are should be top-notch. We all share this information back and forth. We work with the blue-billed curassows, which is a critically endangered chicken fancy bird kind of like a chicken big old chicken type bird from Colombia, or our hoffman sloths which are right behind us everyone loves sloths they're cute brown lumps but people love sloths the blue-billed curacao is managed by someone that's at the houston zoo that's actually moving to san diego zoo that we all work together so you don't just have the two animals you see in the zoo they're a network of maybe a hundred animals that are their genetics are closely monitored they have matchmakers. Um, the animals sometimes don't appreciate the matchmaking. Sometimes they really do. And then you know when they have offspring that are parent reared that they're going to go to good homes where their animal welfare is still going to be really high as well. And then in the fall, we do Croctoberfest. Croctoberfest. As you can imagine, lots of local breweries and local conservation organizations, and that will benefit one. So we do presentations hourly beginning at 10 o'clock. We do a 15-minute presentation every single hour on the hour until we close at 5, and our last presentation is at 5. So, and that's just here every day. So we're talking to guests when we're walking around. We're very small. Zookeepers are walking through. Educational specialists, they've already walked by us three times since we've been sitting here. Sit, sitting here. We talk to people a lot. People ask, what's your favorite animal? That's a very common one. Pick your favorite kid. Which one's your favorite animal? Well, we're not supposed to play favorites. We have some that we're all partial to. Like, she's been staring at me the whole time. This is Oprah. She's been here since 1990. Um, and we're like this. She's probably not very happy that I'm sitting here ignoring her. And the claws have a very long lifespan. So we don't usually encourage people to do this because it kind of it kind of encourages people to get some wild animals as pets that maybe they're not prepared for. And I do get people calling or emailing weekly. I have a parrot I don't want anymore. We've had him for two years and I have to describe, do you know the lifespan? So one of the things we do is educate people how to care for your own pets better and how to do research if you're looking at a pet to find out if that is going to suit your lifestyle. Because their so lifespan is how yes. many years? Well, so our macaw, you're looking at maybe 50 years. But once again, she's yeah, with the she came in, and you're not, um, in 1990 and she's very people oriented and she wants the attention from me. And I haven't given her the attention in a while, so she deserves it. So I'll bring her over and she can finish our interview with her. Okay. Beautiful. 
Now, I still haven't answered the question about which one's my favorite animal, but my favorite animal is whichever animal is behaving that day. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's funny, huh? That makes sense. Yeah. If folks want to learn more about the facility, the work that you do here, or want to plan a visit, how would they do so? Well, you can visit our website to learn how to get here, to buy tickets, uh, maybe get an annual membership if you're in the area or you plan on visiting regularly. I think most facilities now, most zoological parks, have a very strong social media component. So if you're looking to visit a zoo and you're not sure kind of what you're going to be getting up, getting into, don't just look at their website. Look at their social media. You're going to see what they're doing every day the types of animals they have. You can see what the conditions are of the animals and their habitats they live in. And see if that's somewhere you want to make sure that your money goes to. When you're going to an AZA zoo, you walk in the door and a portion of those proceeds are going to conservation organizations and supporting those animals in the wild as well. What has been a magical experience for you in the last year? I mean, I feel like my life is pretty good. But what is it that We've really been lucky to have here, both at the zoo and in this community, and which is my community. It's where I live. It's where I work. And I've been here for a couple decades, mostly. I left for a little bit. Then I came back. And this zoo is the same way. People have left that work here. And then one day they're back. It is quite the unique place. And the support system you have for your family and friends network here is really great. How to deal with your personal life at the same time with your work environment is the team is so supportive here and we're a small zoo we all work very closely together but then you take something like the global pandemic we're actually been lucky that we're in florida and our zoo is primarily outside and we closed down and that was hard but not nearly as long as many other zoos some zoos have struggled far more than we have across the country the animal team never was cut I mean, animal welfare is paramount. We had people that were able to move from other departments to help make sure our animal care was was exemplary while we were closed. People were coming here. We wanted to still be able to educate them, but feel safe at the same time. When we had quarantine, we just go to the beach. It's fine, <laughs> which is really mentally healing for most people. So. And the beach is not far from you. No, we're on an island right now. The beach is just right over there. Right over there. Right over there. Coastal living is great here. Well, thank you for taking time to chat with me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Oprah, for joining us. Oprah. Yes. She is the greatest. Hello. 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 You're talking over me. It's rude. Hello. I can bring him out. All these snakes are handled pretty regularly, so. It's going to be very good with that. Steve Ekstrom, executive producer and host. Stephen Gross, producer. Chief Learning Officer, Sheena Works. Development Officer, Eric Ludi. Keith Snow, advisor. Intern, Sifa Mamabu and Esther Kangoni. Special thanks to Jen Anderson, Corey Nadelback, Evelyn Kelly, Richard Goldman, and Susan Phillips. Thank you.